pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you. ...glorious opportunity to gather together today, to be in God's presence, to experience His goodness and His power. 
And Lord, we just bless your name today. We exalt you on high. We magnify you, Lord. We look to you. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the dictator of our victory. You're the champion of our life. And Lord, we are rooted and grounded in you. And we bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's stand together. Are you ready to worship today? The blood that Jesus shed for me.
that you can make it new again. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that your joy renews our strength, that your hope is in us. We have perpetual hope in your word, oh God, that you make all things new, brand new. We are a new creature in Christ Jesus. house today. Yeah. By the way, joy's here every day, Hallelujah. but it's flowing real good today. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how do I 
participate in joy. Just let go. Amen? Let go, laugh, shout, whatever. Hallelujah. right now, but there was a verse in the Bible that says the joy was so loud that it shook the earth. That's some joy. You got some earth-shaking joy in you. Earth-shaking joy. your signature worship team and the Holy Ghost, they just stir things up. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many know we need to we need to stay stirred up? Yes. Father, we're so grateful, so grateful yes. that in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures yes. forevermore. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for speaking to us right now in this moment just as I called Moses up the mountain I'm calling you into my presence come 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 if you're thirsty and I will give you drink if you're weary and I will give you rest come and I will deposit a rich grace deposit into your life for you have access to my secret place and my secrets anyone can come and find my secrets because my secrets will benefit you greatly Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Today is Communion Sunday. And we're going to celebrate communion. Pastor Nelson is going to lead us in communion. And then we'll do our confession afterwards. But aren't you glad that we can celebrate communion? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo. Good morning. Well, it's a wonderful day, isn't it? So Jesus is alive. Living. Yes. 
Whew. I tell you, it's blowing. That's for sure. The Holy Spirit. We want more. Yes. One more. Yes. Yes. All right. What we're gonna do is um, we have the two communion tables in the back here. Just uh, we just need to get back and uh, get your elements and and meet you here at your seats. Thank you. See, in Ephesians 5.1, it's shown, therefore, be imitators of God, and showing him, copy him, and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their fathers. So we have a wonderful God. He is worthy to be praised. And we thank him, such having a master plan that he has for such a son that delivered us from all bondage, all fear. He has a wonderful presence about him, his great love. But he loves us so much. But the more we partake into him, the more we become like him. But his, he is mighty. He is mighty indeed. He is glorious. And we thank you, Father. And we thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to have your way now even more in this place. Come in deeper, deeper, deeper. And we thank you, Father. We praise you. See, Paul, see, he was an apostle who accepted Christ after the crucifixion. The thing is, he was the one who prosecuted the church. They said he was saved by a miraculous manner. The Savior Paul went away for about three years and took instructions from Christ. And one of these things, it was about the supper. So Paul, after he learned it, he took it to the Corinthians church. And he spoke out that the bread it represented the body of Christ. That died on the cross for our sins. And he suffered many abuses before he made it to the cross. And his body was in rough shape on that cross. And he suffered even more on that cross. He gave his all his all for us. But the cup, it represented the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross for our sins. So the Bible says, without the shedding of the blood, there will be no forgiveness of sins. That's in Hebrews 9.22. But Christ had to shed his blood for us. The sacrifice was the final one needed to save the world. So in 1 Corinthians 11, 23-25, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and he had given thanks. He broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. Yes, Father. And after the same manner, he took the cup and he supped from it. He says, he's saying, this cup is the New Testament and my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Take and drink. 
Father, we just thanking you once more for you are glorious. You are mighty and you're very, very lovable Father. And we thanking you for all that you do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Hallelujah. We have awesome volunteers here, let me tell you. Amen. Glory to God. We appreciate each and every one of you. So you ready to make a confession this morning? Yes. Thank you, Lord. About the work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Amen. Aren't you glad we have such a wonderful partner? Let's make our confession. Thank you, Lord. Our Our Heavenly Heavenly Father Father has given to us another comforter to comfort comfort us, us, encourage us, and and strengthen us. He helps us to stay on God's course. God's Holy Spirit abides with us forever. He is our advocate of truth and our divine tutor to guide us in life. We have the Spirit of Wisdom who teaches us all things. He is involved in, or, yeah, he was involved in creation, and he knows all things. We are learning great things from him. The Holy Spirit is our personal powerhouse who abides within us and overshadows us. Through him we can boldly testify how good our Father God is. We welcome and receive help in all things through the Holy Spirit. He helps us solve problems, find solutions, and outsmart all enemies to give us victory in life. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our greatest ally who stands for righteousness, holiness, and truth. He always glorifies and honors the Lord Jesus and his kingdom. God's Spirit unveils and reveals to us what is ours. He provides us with special abilities and extraordinary power through divine grace. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. All right, so today I'm going to do my fact first. So recently I learned what fiber optics are, and it's used a lot with technology. You might hear the term, but basically it's like strands of glass, and then light is pushed through it, and it transmits like sounds, pictures, data, words, everything you could think of which is different from typical cables that rely on electricity. These ones are just light, and it actually refracts through the glass in order to produce everything that you need because it goes super fast. 
So I, there's a whole bunch of applications with that. But the one that I was thinking of the most is just how the body of Christ, we need to be kind of like fiber optics where we are clear and that we transmit the light of Jesus and it, we refract off of one another one another and together you get like the whole picture of jesus the body of christ right so here here at vcf we have lots of opportunities where we can reflect off of one another and learn more about the light so on tuesdays right i was very proud of myself i was thinking of this this morning (laughs) tuesdays we have youth at 6 p.m where our youth are continually being flooded with the light and love of God, and we are on fire. Let me tell you something. Wednesday, we have Wednesday night refreshing at 6.30 p.m., great in the middle of the week. And this Friday is woven at 6 p.m. It came up quickly because October 1st was the first Friday, so it's earlier this month. (laughs) And for the end of October, men, save the date. October 29th and 30th, we have the Everyday Hero Conference about being a world changer. And for all of October, we are also celebrating our pastors as it is Pastor Appreciation Month. So if you have additional testimonies or would like to bless them, you can email Lisa or call the church office and we will get everything set up. Thank you. And if you would like more fun, amazing facts from Melissa, you should get her book, God in the Everyday, right? Is that it, God in the Everyday? Yeah, I got my copy, and uh, it's wonderful. It'll be a blessing to your life, and I would encourage you to uh, get that. Amen? You know, whenever you make an investment uh, in the kingdom of God, you never go wrong. And... uh, This Thursday, this past Thursday, we had one of our Bible adventure students accept Jesus, right, in the listening time. And this was the first time that he came to Bible adventure. His name was Alicio, and uh, he accepted Jesus. He, he, and you know what? That's awesome. Praise God. And uh, so we want to take a moment right now. We want to pray for those that need salvation. In, uh, you know, the, we have those names in our container in the back there. If you know someone, whether an associate, a friend, a relative, or a co-worker, whatever, uh, and you know them and you know that they need Jesus, put their name in that uh, jar. Amen? And the angels are, are working on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is working and God's Word is working and God's bringing them in. Yes. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you are teaching us on how to be fishers of men. And we thank you, Lord, that... Your goal is to seek and save that which was lost. And Lord, that's why you came. And you came and showed us how to live a victorious life. And we pray for every person in our salvation jar. And we call them into your kingdom now. We ask you, Father, that you open their eyes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we rebuke the blinder of their minds, which is Satan, the God of this world. 
And we give you thanks and praise, Father, that your light is flooding their hearts, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks and praise that they're being drawn in. You know, they can't come unless you draw them, Lord. And I thank you that you're working on their hearts. You're sending laborers across their path. They're hearing your words and they're responding in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Before I dismiss the kids, uh, just want to share something with you um, from uh, Numbers chapter 7. Numbers chapter 7. You know, God desires for all of us to be generous, just as generous as he is. And to be generous is to be noble and forbearing in thought or in behavior. It's the one area where you should be a liberal. <laughs> There's other areas where you shouldn't be a liberal, but this is the area that you should be a liberal, right? It means liberal in giving or sharing. It's marked by a bounteous giving and abundance. Hallelujah. It means to be big-hearted. How, how, how big is your heart? It means to be selfless. It means to, to give of oneself and one's possessions. And uh, in Numbers chapter 7, starting with verse 1, this is what the Lord instructed. They had 12 days of giving. And it says, on the day that Moses had finished up, finished setting up the tabernacle, and had anointed and consecrated it and all its furniture and the altar and its all its utensils, he also appointed them and consecrated them for holy use. Verse 2, then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their father's households, made offerings. These were the leaders of the tribes. You know, if you want the people to do it, the leader needs to do it. Amen. And uh, early on, you know, there was a time when uh, Fiona and I, we were the biggest givers here. Amen. But since then, people have exceeded us, and that's awesome. Amen? You guys are all generous. I, want, I just want you to know I, I thank you and appreciate your generosity. And uh, so that, verse 3, they brought their offerings before the Lord in carts. Man, we need some cart bringing offering in. I can't fit it in my wallet. I can't fit it in my purse, but I had to bring it in a cart. Bring it. Amen. They brought their offerings before the Lord, six covered carts and 12 oxen. And uh, a cart for each two of the leaders and an ox for each one. And they presented them before the tabernacle. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, accept these things from them. So the Lord was telling Moses to accept these things. So who's, behind, who's the author of giving? God, amen? So that they may be used in the service of the tent. Everybody say the tent. <laughs> we got something better than a tent. Amen? This is this building and everything in it. And uh, so uh, Moses took the carts and the oxen and gave them to the Levites. And uh, then go down to verse 11. And I'll stop there. Then the Lord said to Moses... Let them present their offerings one liter each day for the dedication. So 12 days of giving. Amen. 
because 12 liters, 12 days of giving. And, uh, but I just want to encourage you that whenever you give to God, and if you're watching online, I mean, go to our website and take care of it that way. You can do it right where you are. And, uh, you know, your, your offering gets prayed over more than once. Amen. We're, we're going to pray over it now. It gets prayed over before it's counted. Amen. You're doubly blessed. Double, double, double. Right? Double, double, double. How many could use a double? One wasn't enough, but you need some double. Why? Double is overflow. It's not just about you. It's about what, you're going to do, what God's going to do through you. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus as the head of this ministry, Father, the blessing of the Lord that makes every giver rich, Lord. You receive their gifts as unto you into heaven. And I thank you, Father, that there's a great and mighty return on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Of course, you can do that anytime during the service. Amen. All right. We are so grateful and thankful for our kids that are here. And our teachers, amen, that are ready to go. And we just want to dismiss you now, kids. Teachers, have a great class. Experience God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. And you know, we were singing about joy this morning. Well, I'm going to be releasing a new book the end of October called Effervescent Joy. But beware, it is joy contagious. It will stir up joy. Amen. And uh, if I could get someone to help me, I want to just pass, I want to give each person uh, one of these. And uh, yeah, just go ahead. Uh, this is, these are just ways to share your faith other variety of ways from the Bible. This is, this, these are just different ways on how people shared their faith. And you could study it. It'll give you some ideas. And uh, it'll help you. Amen? Because when you're stirred, you've got to share your stirring. Because you're so stirred that you just can't contain it for yourself. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, this morning... We're going to talk to you about tapping in to the power of the gospel. Everybody have a faucet in your home somewhere? Well, that faucet is tapped in to the water source, right? That faucet is ready to go. It's hooked up. You've got good water. And all you've got to do is turn the knob, right? And water flows out. Amen? Well, God's got a supply. And all we've got to do is tap into that supply and turn it on and it'll flow into your life. Amen? So how many want to tap into the power of the gospel today? We're going to tap in. We're going to do some drilling. Glory to God. And we're going to hit a gusher. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is one thing that will change our world. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to change a nation, give them the gospel. If you want to change a family, give them the gospel. If you want to change an individual, give them the gospel. Because the gospel has power to change things. 
There is one name that overcomes the world, and that is the name of Jesus. You can walk into a place and say any other name, and they might do, you know, do nothing or do something, but when you walk into a place and say Jesus, you get people's attention. Why? There's power behind that name. It's the greatest name that has ever been named. There is one thing that changes circumstances, and that is good, the good news of God's kingdom. It has the ability to change facts because facts can be changed by the truth. Facts don't change facts. Truth changes facts. So the good news can change our circumstances. There is one power that overrides natural limits and hindrances. That's Holy Ghost power. Woo! We got a powerhouse from God called the Holy Spirit, or the, if you're more radical, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. There is one right way of living. That is the way of holiness, righteousness, and godliness. There is one right way of living. There is one book that can truly change your life. That's the B-I-B-L-E, the basic instructions before leaving earth. The Bible, the scripture, the holy word of God. One book. Amen? Smith Wigglesworth, that was the only book he allowed in his home, was the Bible. No, he didn't allow a newspaper or a magazine, but you know, that was him. And... Uh, there is one thing that can change your heart, and that is repentance. Yeah. And when you encounter the gospel, God gives you an opportunity to repent and to change your way. All right? Go with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. And uh, we're going to discover what is the gospel, what happens when we support it, and the power of it. Amen? Amen? So we're going to look into those three things today. Uh, I, you know, I, I got so much information that it's, I just got to cut back. <laughs> Mark 16 and verse 15. He said unto them, who's talking? Jesus, go into all the world and be a good person. He said, go into all the world and buy up as much property as you can. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel or the good news of Jesus is for every creature. And when a creature encounters the gospel, they become a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Glory to God. So, the gospel is the testimony of God's love, grace, forgiveness, restoration, and hope. It's God's testimony of how good he is, of what he's given to us. Amen? The Bible, the gospel is God's testimony. Hallelujah. He wrapped it up in human flesh. Glory to God. The gospel, it's for the world. It's for every nation, tribe, tongue, and culture. 
It can work in Africa. It can work in Europe. It can work in Asia. It can work in South America. It can work in Antarctica. And it can work right here. Amen? The gospel is versatile. Anyone from any language can understand the gospel. It's very dynamic, but yet it's very easy to understand. So what is the gospel? If if we're going to communicate it, if we're going to spread it, we ought to know what it is. Amen? Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Glory to God. Look at verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, or Lebanon County, teaching in their churches. Of course, they didn't have churches back then. They had synagogues. And preaching the what? The gospel of the what? Of the kingdom. And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. Did you know that the gospel will make you famous? I thought you had to go to Hollywood to get famous. No, you just have to go to Jesus. What did he promise to to give Abraham? I'll make your name what? Great. What What do you think a great name is, famous? How many people all over the world have heard about Abraham when you think about it? All right? And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with different diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with the devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had palsy, and he healed them. Glory to God. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So what is the gospel? The gospel is God's kingdom message. It's a message about a kingdom. And every kingdom has a king. So it's a message about King Jesus. Amen? The gospel is a kingdom mandate. Who did he tell to go into all the world? Any believer. Right? Every believer has a part to play in the gospel. Everyone who serves in this church, right? Whatever you do, however you serve, you're participating in the gospel. You're helping the gospel go forth. When you give into this church, you're helping the gospel. You are participating in your family business. Our family business is the gospel. We don't have to produce it. We just have to share it. Like it, share it. Amen? So the gospel is God's kingdom message. It's his kingdom mission, and it is his kingdom mandate. What do you think when he said go? What kind of wording is that? It's a command. Every Christian should be involved in getting the gospel out in one way, shape, or form or another. 
So it's a kingdom message, it's a kingdom mission, and it's a kingdom mandate. It's about the kingdom, glory to God. The kingdom of God is not far. The word gospel is the word uh, evangelizo, right? That's the Greek word, evangelizo, all right? It, it also includes the entire Bible. It is, uh, it's the good news of coming to the Messiah. I would say good news. You're not going to see the gospel on CNN. Because that's fake news. <laughs> right? The gospel is good news. It doesn't focus on the negative. It focuses on the positive. Religion turns it around and makes it focus on the negative. Now, does the gospel warn you that if you don't do certain things, you're going to... Yeah, it, it does warn you, but that's to help you. I mean... If I'm traveling down the highway and the bridge is out and I don't know it, I would like to know. Amen? Before I get there at 55, 60 miles an hour. So, you know, it does have warning, but it is good news. It is the glad tidings. I'll tell you what, the gospel is chock full of joy. Glad tidings. Joyful news. Good news. The gospel will put a smile on your face if there wasn't one there before. So the gospel increases face value. Amen? It is the life, death, burial, resurrection, and return of Jesus. It talks all about that. Amen? Hallelujah. It's the joyful announcement about man's salvation has been delivered. Glory to God. It is the good news of faith. The gospel is a faith builder. Faith comes by what? Hearing what? The word of God, which is the gospel. Right? The word of God is the news of God. And this news is better than any news that you're ever going to get. Hallelujah. Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Hallelujah. This is when John was in jail. We shouldn't be afraid to speak of authorities, but we shouldn't be afraid to be in jail either. You know, a lot of Christian ones that went before us went to jail for nothing that they did wrong just because they were involved in the gospel. Amen? What happens when you get in jail? Start a jail ministry. Right? you got a captive audience right there. All right, Matthew eleven five. Well, you know, John asked, are you the one that we should look for? We should look for another. And Jesus, verse 4, Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended at me. 
Oh, yeah. Some people find the gospel offensive because they love sin more than they love God. So, what is the gospel? It is the power to overcome natural limitations and restrictions and hindrances. It helps you overcome blindness. It helps you overcome being lame. It helps you overcome deafness, right? It helps you get cleansed from things of this world. Amen? Leprosy is a type and shadow of sin, right? It's contagious. It's destructive. But God cleanses us from that. Amen? So the gospel is good news that helps us overcome natural limitations, restrictions, and hindrances. The gospel will get you out of jail. It certainly gets you out of hell. It's the hell preventative. Amen? You, if you want to, if you don't want to go to hell, take in the gospel. Amen? So the gospel is the truth about God, his kingdom, and his way of doing things. It changes negative circumstances into positive ones. It changes bad reports into good reports. Amen? It changes defeat into victory. It changes darkness into light. The gospel can change things. It can change atmospheres. It just needs to get in the atmosphere. And people need to see it. They need to see the gospel lived, the gospel demonstrated, and they need to hear it. Jesus said the things that you see and hear. They were hearing what Jesus did. They were seeing what Jesus did. And it all was the gospel. Everything Jesus did was the gospel. Everything Jesus said was the gospel. Why? He's the main character of the gospel. It's all about him. It's the greatest story ever told. Glory to God. It's God's mercy and kindness that he gave to us. All right, go to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. The knowledge of the gospel is already expanding in your mind. Look at verse 39. Well, verses 38 and 39. Mark 1, verses 38 and 39. And he said unto them, who's talking? Jesus. Let us go unto the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Glory to God. Yeah. You can cast out, you can, the de- oh my goodness, the gospel is God's pest control. Hallelujah, we got a pesty devil. He's like an insect, amen? He finds his way in. But God, oh, I tell you, the gospel can eradicate the pest. Glory to God. Thank you, Holy Ghost. So the gospel is mobile. You can take it anywhere you go. It's not limited to a place or a geographic area. 
It'll work on a boat. It'll work in an elevator. It'll work in a restaurant. It'll work on the street. It'll work in a store. It'll work in the doctor's office. It'll work in the courtroom. What do witnesses put their hand on to testify to the truth? It's the gospel. I promise to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me. God, yeah, God is the only one that can help you tell the truth. Thank God that we still use the gospel in the courtroom. It's the standard for justice. But there are some crazy judges that don't follow it. Glory to God. So the gospel is mobile. (laughs) You'll never lose reception. It's the best mobile service ever. Call on Jesus anywhere. Glory to God. And he'll hear you. He'll answer you. He'll help you. You could be drowning and call on him. He'll pick you right up. You could be in the den of lions. He'll call on him and he'll make you a lion sofa. Amen? Amen. A lion pillow. God turns lions into pussycats. It overcomes darkness, demons, and the devil. The devil can't stop the gospel. He has to obey the gospel. Because if the devil was right here in this chair, we, we could tell him to go in Jesus' name and he would have to go. There's nothing else he could do about it. It's been established by the gospel. Amen. With the gospel, you can cast out devils. The devil gets in your way, you can cast them out. Amen. Glory to God, that's a good thing to know. Hallelujah. The gospel is healing. Wherever there was preaching, there was healing. They go hand in hand. And usually, preaching comes first. Why? Because it puts faith in people. Faith to get healed. You know, we have faith to get saved, don't we? Faith to get It's the same faith. We use our faith the same way to get healing or to get provision or to get help or to get whatever. Faith works the same way. It's all the same faith, right? And we use it to get what we need from God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. And let's look at verse um, 14. And he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach. Well, we know what they were going to preach. That was the gospel. And to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. So, Jesus is the author and the expert teacher of the gospel. Jesus went, taught and preached the gospel, and he commissioned others to do the same thing. He ordained them, right? And the spreading of the gospel is the work for a disciple. A disciple is one who is a forever learner. How many forever learners do we have here? Right? We're supposed to be increasing in the knowledge of God, not decreasing in the knowledge of God. So if you're increasing in the knowledge of God, you're learning. 
right? Man, I thought I was done with school. Yeah, then you got saved. And now you're in the school of the kingdom. Because when you got saved, you're like me. I didn't know anything about the kingdom when I got saved. I didn't even know what the kingdom was. I knew that there was a king, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to operate in the kingdom. I didn't know how to function in the kingdom. But I had to learn. Amen? And I'm still learning today. I've learned a little, and I realize how much I don't know. But thank God, God's given me a book, and God's given me a teacher. We just got to follow them. So spreading the gospel is the work of a disciple. The gospel is the authority and power to cast out demons and overthrow their influence. How many know people can be under the influence of demons? They could be possessed or they could be oppressed. Right? Oftentimes... When Jesus would heal a person, like he, he rebuked a deaf spirit and the person could hear. Or it was, it was a spirit of infirmity that held that woman who couldn't stand up straight for how many ever years. It was a spirit of infirmity that got in her body and it was oppressing her. How did it get there? We don't know. But the Bible says give no place to the devil. So the devil has to get your permission to come in. How do you give the devil permission? You disobey God. When you disobey God, when you don't do what God says, you are giving the devil permission to come in. You are giving him a foothold. Amen? That's true. You can say amen or oh me. Go to Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Hallelujah. This is what the gospel is. Mark chapter 13 and verse 10. Mark 13, verse 10. The gospel or the good news regarding salvation must be published among all nations. Aren't you glad that God's a publisher? Hallelujah. He publishes things. He pro- the word publish means to proclaim. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We, we can proclaim. God wants to proclaim his gospel Where? Among all nations. Hallelujah. So it's the good news regarding the way of salvation. Glory to God. Go to Luke 16. Luke 16. We're talking about tapping into the power of the gospel. We're getting to the PowerPoint. Power part. (laughs) Not the PowerPoint, but the power. Well, you could say the PowerPoint too. Right? We're getting there. All right, what am I doing? I'm building your faith about the gospel. God has already equipped every one of us to operate the gospel. Every one of us have benefited from the gospel already. We've received the gospel in some way, shape, or form, right? We've, we've asked Jesus to come into our hearts, and he did, and you were saved. Your name was written in the Lamb's book of life, and that's why you're here today. So we are all beneficiaries of the gospel, and we have all been equipped to operate and function in the gospel. We can speak gospel ease. We can do gospel work. How many of you have hands? When you lay these hands, your hands, your hands on sick people, the Bible says they shall recover. In other words... 
You're, you jumpstart their recovery process. When you see someone suffering, when you see someone hurting, when you see someone in pain, all you have to do is touch them and the power in you will go into them and it'll start to work. He didn't even say pray in that particular instance. He just said touch, lay your hands on sick people and they shall recover. Do that in faith. In your mind, you say, when I lay my hands on you, you're going to recover. That's faith. All right, Luke 16, 16. Hallelujah. The law and the prophets were until John since that time. The kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. The gospel is ageless and timeless. Oh, glory to God, it's never going to lose power. It's never going to diminish in glory. It's never going to shrink in effectiveness. The gospel is ageless and timeless. Why? It's eternal. And it is for every generation. How many generations have we experienced since John until now? And the gospel is still here. The gospel is still working. It's still doing what it said it would do. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And why did God write the gospel? What is the importance of writing the gospel? Glory to God. John chapter 20 and verse 30. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Can you imagine what we know that is written? He did much more than what was written. Okay? Our God is so good. He's too good. Okay? Verse 31. But these, the ones that were written, are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Believing is how we tap in to the power of God. What God wrote, he wrote so that we could believe it, and when we believe it, we connect with it, it and its power. By believing what he said, by taking him at his word, by not adding to or taking away anything that was written. Be healed. That's written. Right? So healing is God's will. He made it clear. Not only did he write it, but Jesus demonstrated it. He wants you healed. He doesn't want you sick. He's not the author of sickness. He's the author of life. Say, God doesn't want me sick. Say, God wants me healed. Say, God wants me prosperous. He doesn't want you wandering around in earth. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? He gives you guidance, direction. Amen? Okay? So these things were written. So the gospel was written as a source of faith. 
These things were written so that you may believe. So all you got to do is believe what was written. And you can have it. You can do it. You can benefit from it. Say, I believe. Okay? You're just taking God at his word. You're believing what he said. And that becomes your talk. That becomes your thought. And that becomes what resides in your heart. And, and faith means you don't change from that. Even if your feelings disagree with what's written, you go with what's written. Even when your doctor disagrees with what's written, you go with what's written. Even when your checkbook disagrees with what's written, you go with what's written. That's faith. You allow what's written to govern your thoughts and your behavior. That's called being word governed. Amen? This is what Jesus demonstrated to us. Him and the Father never disagreed. Him and the Father never differed. They were in perfect harmony, perfect unity, and perfect agreement. And that's why he had so much power. He had the Spirit without measure. Okay? So, it's, the gospel is a source of faith that you may believe. Jesus is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. What happens when you meet the anointed one? What flows from the anointed one? The anointing. And guess what? He has given you his anointing. Say, I have the same anointing that Jesus had. I'm anointed. Glory to God. Being anointed means you're set apart for God's service and you're potent. That means you've got power. You've got power on the inside of you. It's there whenever you need it. You know, I used to think of Samson as a bodybuilder. But he wasn't a bodybuilder because the Spirit of God would come on him. He was your normal, ordinary, average man. Because he only did great feats of strength when the Spirit of God came on him. He didn't do it in his own power. He did it by the anointing. The Holy Spirit would come on him, and that's what caused him to do the great acts of strength that he did. But, he, he, but to every other person, that's what made it so amazing. That's why they couldn't figure out what's the source of his strength. It's not his muscles. It's not the spinach. Right? It was the holy anointing. And it was his obedience to God and how he lived that maintained the anointing. See, you could let the anointing go when you choose to live a different life than God called you to live. Don't think that... The anointing will not reside in the house of disobedience. What happened to the anointing on Saul? It left. Why did it leave? Because he was disobedient. He did not do what God said. And the anointing... What, what took place when the anointing left? Torment. I don't know about you. I'd take the anointing over torment. Yeah, Saul was tormented by an evil spirit. He still was king. He still had his position, but he had no anointing to do that position. And he was a crazy fool, chasing David who did nothing, wanting to kill him for no reason. 
That's what the devil does. See, when you're tormented, you're crazy. Right? You're not thinking straight. All right? So, you have life in his name. The gospel is the record of the truth of Jesus, his life, his ministry, and his signs and miracles. Aren't you glad that God gave you a record of what he did? Why, why did he do that? So that we could do it. Do you realize that everything God wrote in his book, it's for you? This, the Bible is God's love letter to you. He cared to send the very best. And he wrote what he thinks about you in his book. All right? Why don't you go to Romans? Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's go to Mark chapter 10 for a minute. All right? We went over a little bit about what the gospel is. Of course, there's more, but, you know, you can only do so much in the time that we have. Mark uh, chapter 10, all right? What happens when you support the gospel? All of you have been found guilty of supporting the gospel. (laughs) You thought I was going to say something bad. (laughs) No, no. You've been found guilty for a good thing. Amen? Mark chapter 10 Verse 29, this is powerful. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed you. And Jesus answered, who's talking? Listen to what he says. Verily or truly I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, brethren, sisters, father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, Amplified says farms, for my sake, what's his sake? That's the gospel's sake, and the gospel's. But he shall receive, oh my goodness, say, I shall receive. When you participate in the gospel, when you give up something to do what the gospel wants done, when you give up something that you love to serve the gospel, you're going to reap. Oh, this is Jesus talking. You shall receive. It can't go any other way. A hundredfold now in this time. How says? That's plural. What's a plural house? More than one. More than one. And brethren, your family is going to increase. Why? Because you get involved in a spiritual family. You get sisters and mothers and children and, and lands with persecutions. We don't like that part. We like the receiving part, but we don't like the persecuting part. Listen, the same blessing that you, you can receive from will protect you from persecution. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Why are, why are the first last? Because they're keeping themselves first. And they're not putting God first. You know, I experienced this when I went to Ramah. I left my home. I left my parents. I left that comfort, and I was on my own. 
And when I first went to Rainbow, I didn't have any roommates. It was just me and my apartment. But God brought people in my life that were like my family. One of my best friends who's now serving in Beirut, he's an only child. His parents treated me like another son. They did good things for me. They, they loved to watch me eat. <laughs> One time we took a trip with them to, to Lake Erie, and she made this pasta dish. And I had three helpings, and then I finished the rest of the pot because everybody else was done. And they're like, boy, you can eat. <laughs> and I caught the biggest walleye that day. But I encountered, I left my family in Illinois, and God brought me families in Oklahoma. God brought me, God, God treated me like a son. I experienced that. People welcomed me into their home. People blessed me when I wasn't even in my home area. Why? Because I was serving God. I gave it up for God. And God, God makes sure that whatever you give up for him, he will reward you greatly. Amen? You'll receive, Jesus said, you'll receive houses. Well, I only need one house. Give it away if you don't need a second house. Bless someone with it. Oh, see, some of us can't think that big to, to bless that. Besides, Jesus is building you a custom-made home in heaven. Amen? But Jesus said, when are you going to get this stuff? In, right now, in this life. Amen? In this life. Could you see yourself? See, you, you could use a vacation home. Amen? A home that's yours. And you just hire someone to take care of it. You enjoy it whenever you want. Without restriction. Amen? Don't have to pay a hotel bill. Why? I can stay in my own house. In my own house. Yes. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Yes. Fiona has a house in Diana. That was built by a Muslim. Glory to God. Yeah, a director's home was built by a Muslim. Glory to God. Why? God moved on her heart. God can use anybody. He can use a donkey. He can use anybody. See, what did the, what did the, the midwives get that refused to abort babies? God gave them houses. Read it in the book of Exodus. They supported life, and God gave them a house. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. Say, I'm getting houses. I'm getting my house. family is increasing. My, my finances are increasing. Because I'm a gospel lover. I'm a gospel doer. And I'm a gospel participant. It is an automatic benefit when you get involved in the gospel. You will experience increase. Do you remember when Jesus sent out the 70? In Luke 10, he sent them out. He said, take no money bag. Take no extra cloak. Take no extra sandals. And then in John 20, he said, when I, got, when I sent you guys out, did you miss anything? No, we didn't miss anything. We didn't lack anything. Why? They were taken care of. So when you support the gospel, you put yourself in a position of a receiver. That, isn't that good news? That's, that's the head of the church talking. That's the son of God, son of man talking. That is the absolute truth 
that he laid out in the, in the gospel. Hallelujah. Oh, now you're going to love this. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. Glory to God. This is exciting. I better I better get past this point so we can get to the power. We haven't even gotten to the power yet. <laughs> Second Corinthians nine ten. Now I, I just read that scripture from the Passion this morning, but I'm gonna read it from the Amplified. Now he who provides seed for the sower. How many sowers do we have here? All right, if you're a sower, that's, a sower is a giver. So when you give, God gives you seed. What happens when you get seed? That gives you the ability to increase. When you receive seed, when your seed multiplies, your increase multiplies because you got more seed that you can plant. Right? Your increase comes from the seed. Okay? So he gives seed to the sower and bread for food. Not only does he give you money to sow, he gives you food to eat. Okay? And will provide and multiply your seed for sowing. That is your resources. How many want God to multiply your resources? Whoo, yeah. I'm I'm receiving multiplication today of resources. And increase the harvest of your righteousness. Whoo, glory to God. I'm telling you, if you study righteousness, that puts you in right standing with God, and it, it has a whole wonderful plethora of benefits. Okay? Let me just break this down to you. All right? Those who support the gospel, God provides seed for sowers and bread to eat. He provides and multiplies your seed for sowing or your resources. He increases the harvest of your righteousness. You reap in every act of goodness, kindness, and love. Oh, my goodness. You reap. You are enriched in every way so that you may be generous, and this generosity produces thanksgiving to God. The gospel of Jesus Christ is God's greatest gift, his indescribable gift to the world. Amen? And what did Paul commend the Philippian church about? You were the only church that supported me. Do you know why Philippians 4.19 says God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Because that was the only church that supplied him with his needs. So that's in context of you supplying someone else's need. That's what giving is all about, right? Someone has a need, and you say, here, let me meet that need. Glory to God. (laughs) I remember Jesse Duplantis told the story. He was in a restaurant, and he was talking to the waitress. And uh, the Lord says, you're going to bless her today. He said, okay. And uh, she was talking, and he found out that she was a student at Loyola University, which is a fairly expensive school. And God told him to pay her tuition for the year. And he did, because he was able to. Amen? Could you see yourself paying someone's tuition? Come on. You got, if you can't see yourself, you're not going to be able to do it. See yourself. Putting extra three zeros on that check. Amen? Practice writing it out. Glory to God. That's faith. All right? Okay. Let's go to Romans 1, and we've got to get to the power. I'm finishing up with the icing on the cake. 
Okay? Romans chapter 1. We, we learned a little bit what the gospel is. We learned a little bit about how those people benefit who support it. Now we're going to learn to tap into the power of it. Romans 1, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You're never going to tap into the power if you're ashamed of the gospel. If there's any kind of embarrassment or withholding of it because you don't want, to, you don't want to people think about you badly. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You know, Paul was a recipient of the gospel. What did he do before he encountered the gospel? Nelson touched on it a little bit this morning. He persecuted the church. How could a, the heart of a, how could someone stop persecuting a group of people? Encounter the gospel. So the author of the gospel showed up to Paul one day while he was going to Damascus. He was actually going to take some people into prison. He was authorized by religion to put Christians in prison. That's what religion does. Religion will put you in prison. Jesus will set you free. That's why Jesus isn't a religion. He's a relationship. So, Paul, Paul's going on Damascus, right? And the author, the main character of the gospel, shows up on the path. And there's a bright light that surrounds Paul. Everybody could see the light, or they could hear the voice, whatever it was. They either saw the light and didn't hear the voice, or they heard the voice and didn't see the light, whatever. <laughs> I don't have time to go back and look. So, Paul got down on his knees and said, Lord, who are you? You know, Jesus said, why are you kicking against the pricks? Why are you persecuting me? Paul didn't know he was persecuting Jesus. And uh, so... The Lord Jesus gave Paul an opportunity. I'm going to give you an opportunity to change. This is, I'm, going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I'm calling you to do. I'm going to show you how many things you're going to have to suffer for me. Why did Paul have to suffer so much? Because he sowed so much suffering. Even though you're called, you know, you still reap what you sow. You know, David repented of his sin, but he still lost his first child and his other son tried to take advantage of the kingdom over him, and a lot of bad things happened. Another boy tried to, he took advantage of his sister. There's a lot of mess that, as a, as a result of his action, even though he, he repented and God forgave him. Right? He repented and God forgave him, but he, he still had the consequences. You know, repentance doesn't necessarily wipe out the consequences. But it does get you right with God. It gives you an opportunity to do a do-over. Amen? And uh, so there was Paul. Paul encountered Jesus. And three days he was blind. Well, what else are you going to do with blind? Fast and pray. Right? And then God sent a man named Ananias who was a participant of the gospel. I want you to go to Paul. This is where he's living. This is where he's staying. Uh, Isn't he a bad dude? I'm just paraphrasing. Yeah, but he's a chosen vessel unto me go. That's all Ananias needed to know. Once he knew that God, he was God's chosen vessel, he walked in, he said, Brother Saul. Because God had already given Paul a vision of a man named Ananias coming and laying hands on him. See, this is how the gospel works. It needs your participation. How do we participate with the gospel? You obey what God said. You do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Amen? In any given moment, at any given time, on any given day. 
That means his agenda becomes more important than your agenda. Oh, someone say amen. amen. You know, when you put your agenda on pause, God will help you redeem the time and he'll make up the difference. You'll never miss the opportunity. You'll get a greater opportunity, actually. Okay? So just give up your agenda. All right? So Ananias walks in and he lays his hands on Saul. Scales fell off of Saul's eyes. Saul gets filled with the Holy Spirit and Ananias jumpstarts his ministry. You don't hear about Ananias anymore after that. But you know what? That small act of obedience that he did has been recorded in eternity. It was written in the Bible. The Holy Spirit wanted us to know that. So the, the, the smallest participation you have in the gospel will, will cause you to get re- rewards. All right? And so Paul was filled with the Holy Spirit and he was baptized in water at the same time. Changed his entire life because he encountered the gospel. He was no longer ashamed of the gospel. Now he was a promoter of the gospel. He went from being trying to squash the gospel to promoting, to expanding the gospel. All right? And then he wrote this. He said, for the, for the gospel, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. How many? Everyone. You don't have to have special qualifications to tap into the power of God. All you have to do is believe. When you believe God, it's like taking a plug of an appliance and plugging it into the socket, and you've got the power, and you're ready to go. Hallelujah. Your faith plugs in to the power of God. The woman with the issue of blood, she plugged into the power of God. And Jesus even said, virtue went out of me. Why? She plugged into the power source. The gospel is the power of God. There's nothing shameful about it. It is the power of God is accessed by faith. Amen? And verse 17, the gospel is a revelation of righteousness. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written. So from God's faith to your faith. Or you might say from God's heart to your heart. Or from God's mind to your mind. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. And in order to maintain the righteous life, you've got to maintain it by faith. Righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, and the just shall live by faith. So if you want to maintain your right standing with God, you simply have to believe in who he is and who he made you to be. And you will have that divine connection. Can someone say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we tap into the power of of God by faith by believing amen and God reveals truth to us by faith he he pulls back the curtain so we get a glimpse into the realm of eternity or the realm of the spirit amen we can we can see into things cuz he he reveals things to us Hallelujah. 
Aren't you glad that you've been shown the path of righteousness? The right way to live, the right way to go. He, he told Joshua the pathway to success. Speak the word. Meditate in the word. Do the word and you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Was Joshua prosperous? Yes. Was he successful? Yes. How did he do it? He did it by participating in the gospel. Amen. How are we going to be a success? We're going to participate in the gospel. How are we going to get healed? We're going to participate in the gospel. How is our life going to change? We're going to participate in the gospel. Amen. How are the weak going to become strong? They're going to participate in the gospel. Amen. God made it so easy for everyone. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We got some whosoever's in this place. All you need to be to receive from God is a whosoever. Just believe what God said. I don't go by what I feel. I don't go by what my natural eyes see. I go by what God said. And when it when what God said becomes such a reality in your heart, you will speak with power. See, it's got to be real to you. In order for it to be real to you, you got to get in it so it gets in you. But once it gets in you, nothing can deter you. Nothing could stop that woman with the issue of blood from getting to Jesus. Why? It was in her. She was convinced by what she heard about Jesus that all she had to do was touch his garment and she was going to be made whole. So therefore, I'm going to touch his garment. She left her house and said, where are you going? Say, I'm going to get healed. What do you mean you're going to get healed? Twelve years of doctor said you can't. I, I got a better doctor. I'm getting the final opinion. Amen? She went to Dr. Jesus. He didn't even perform an exam. He didn't even take her blood pressure. He didn't even listen to her heartbeat. She just reached out and touched. She took it. And Jesus said, who touched me? She was so caught up in the power that Amen. Jesus was walking to Jairus' house with Jairus and all the group that were following them. But she, she was so convinced. You got to be so convinced. You got to be fully persuaded about what God said. And however long that takes you to do that, that's up to you. Amen. Don't let it take too long. Make, make your decision right now. Is God reliable? Is God trustworthy? Is God, is God true? Will he always perform what he says? That's all you need to be fully convinced. And then once you're fully convinced, you act like it's so. Amen? You know what Peter did? I mean, what Paul did after he got saved? He preached. He started arguing with the people in the synagogues. <laughs> Amen? Glory to God. So today, let's tap into God's power. Amen. There's power in the gospel. And you can tap into it. What do you need today? What do you need God to do for you today? What, what are you desiring today? Amen? God wants to meet that. God wants to fulfill that desire. But you've got to do it in accordance with him. Amen? You've got to disregard your feelings and the opinions of others. And you just got to come as a child and receive.
You know, children have no hang-ups about receiving. Amen? They'll tell you what they like and what they don't like. They're not ashamed about it. Amen? Glory to God. Let's stand to our feet. There is power available to you today. It's, there's no supply chain delay in God's kingdom. God is faster than Amazon. He's now. And it's free. Because he already paid the price. So whatever it is you need today, I don't know what you need, but God knows what you need. You know what you need. Amen? If you want that need met today, I want you to come up front right now. And I want you to come as a little child. You're just coming to receive. Amen? It's already been given to you. You don't have to do anything. He even qualified you for it. Hallelujah. You have been qualified to be made righteous. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he's got plans for you, irregardless of what anybody else says. You know God's voice, and he's going to speak to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you right now that she has come here today to tap into the power of God, and that power is working. That power is moving. That power is doing what she needs done in her life or in her body or wherever it may be, Father, in the name of Jesus. All y'all just